This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. Evander Kane. His bad decisions have caught up with him here. This is not good for, for Kane's hockey career. Yeah, he has been suspended officially for 21 games for violating the NHL 19 COVID-19 protocol. Now, what he did, there's a lot of controversy surrounding this guy, but amongst all of that, he uh, also uh, submitted a fake COVID vaccination pass. So he doctored one of some, so I don't know, I haven't seen any pictures of what exactly happened, but he he handed in a a faulty uh, COVID vaccination status card. To the NHL? To the NHL, to their faces. Uh, I don't know what triggered the investigation but uh you know he does have a target on his back that he put I, there i wonder so, and i think you made this joke a couple of weeks ago because we we've had um pictures that we've posted on the taz and jim facebook page in the past of people who have made fake license plates yeah and they think that they they're gonna get away with it but meanwhile they're like done in crayon and, yeah Like if you drive by at 80 miles an hour and you're in the distance, it might look like a real license plate, but when it starts raining and the blue ink starts uh, running. Or they spell (laughs) Ontario wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I I wish. Was was the forgery that bad? I I, I don't know. Maybe his ex-wife or his estranged wife ratted him out on that too. I don't know because, you know, he's in the midst of this gambling scandal. Um, I think that's basically over with now because he hasn't actually gambled on any of his There's teams no that he evidence. played for. Allegedly, no, they haven't. They did an investigation. They didn't find any evidence of that. But like, geez, like this guy just cannot move forward with his career. But yeah, twenty-one games. That's a pretty steep uh, penalty. I mean, you got to do what you got to do when you're when you're breaking COVID nineteen protocols. But uh, that's no slap on the wrist. That's that's a pretty serious punishment. No, the shark said in a statement. While we are encouraged by Evander's commitment to moving forward, we are extremely disappointed by his disregard for the health and safety protocols put in place by the NHL. Yeah. Imagine being his coach. He's your top point getter on the team, and he just keeps causing stress. (laughs) Yeah, I think the coach has been closing the door to the office a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Over the past three or four months and just screaming into a pillow. (laughs) A lot of banging around when the door is closed. So Evander Kane will not be playing for the Sharks for at least 21 games. Hey, this is exciting. We've got uh, Ontario permitting sale of locally made craft beer at farmer's markets. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's fun. Good things grow in Ontario. And uh, then those things that grow are made into delicious craft beers. <laughs> uh, you can now buy at farmer's markets. The Ontario government is doing this to support the hospitality and agriculture sectors who have been hard hit by COVID-19. They think that this is a, a way to provide some opportunity for craft beer makers to uh, spread their uh, their brands and, and uh, sell some product. You want to go to the farmer's market this weekend, Jim? To save the economy? Yes. <laughs> Convenience store owners have to be thinking, okay, guys, like, you let the grocery stores sell it. Now the farmer's market markets can sell it. Uh, some convenience stores can sell it. When are we just going to call this what it is and, and let everyone sell alcohol? I think that might be coming sooner than later. I actually read an article that said that uh, convenience stores are 
trying to get craft beers. That's their angle, right? To help the local. So they're trying to get craft beers just like the farmer's market. So not well, the big it makes boys. sense. Why not? Uh, either that or just call yourself a Circle K Farmer's Market. <laughs> right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> the Hasty Farmer's Market. Oh, that works perfectly. I want to see you peacock, it's time for sports. Devin Peacock from Global News Radio is here with us. Uh, Dev, you're a Bills fan, and the Bills weren't able to beat the Titans last night in a Monday nighter. No, uh, the I thought they were going to pull this out. Uh, I was uh, supremely confident going into the game, and it went right down to the wire. They had a chance to tie it and force overtime. Uh, they went for the win instead, and they got stuffed on a, a fourth down. With a quarterback sneak with Josh Allen, it's not too often this year you've seen the Buffalo Bills fail at uh, something they've wanted to do, but that's what happened last night. The Titans, uh, the past couple of years, have played them really well. If you've tried to bet the Bills against the Titans, the Bills never seem to cover. So the fact that the Titans gave them a game is not a surprise. What I think is the big takeaway from the game is how they lost. And the Bills are playing like a team that knows how the regular season is going to go. They are in a division with the Patriots, the Jets, and the Dolphins, three sub-500 teams, three teams that are not going to challenge them whatsoever. So they know they're going to the playoffs. So they are playing with a certain degree of looseness and freedom where they can take risks like the risk they took last night. You don't think the Bills are trying hard? I think they're trying very hard. I just think they're playing with a certain amount of freedom that you can't always afford in the NFL because the divisions are so tight. It's just the AFC East is going to be won by the Bills. There is no way that doesn't happen. Is it risky to do that, though, whether or not the the other teams aren't as good as you in your mind? If you start taking chances over and over, you're not going to glide into the playoffs like you uh, assume you will. So I think if you look at the way they played against the Chiefs, it's a strong indication they are not taking teams lightly. It's just they are playing. I think if you're a Bills fan, you should be excited about this because they are playing at a level where they're trying things, they're figuring out what works, they're getting ready for the playoffs already. This is not a case of them not taking their competition uh, seriously or not trying hard. It's they have the ability and the luxury of doing things in the regular season that, say, the Kansas City Chiefs can't do right now because they're fighting and clawing for everything they can just to get into the playoffs this early on in the season. Brad, we're playing the original name game, and the reason is 53 years ago in 1968, Jimmy Page's new Yardbirds renamed themselves Led Zeppelin. This was after uh, the Who's Keith Moon said that's what the band would go over like. <laughs> go over like a Led Zeppelin. Hmm. <laughs> they liked the name, and it seemed to work out for them, didn't it? Yeah, I sure did. So 53 years ago today, Led Zeppelin officially became Led Zeppelin. So what we're going to do here is we're going to give you the name, the original name of another band that went on to be huge under another name. Okay, and then we'll give you multiple choice options. You guess which band it is. And if you do it enough times, we'll hook you up with $100 in Lotto Max tickets. You ready? Sounds great. The first original band name is the Polka Took Blues Band. The Polka Took Blues Band. 
was right. that the original name of Black Sabbath, ACDC, or Iron Maiden? I'm going to go with ACDC. No, I'm sorry. It was Black Sabbath. Tuke is in, like, winter hat? Well, is it talk, talk, or Tuke? T-U-L-K. How would you um, pronounce that? Tulk. Tulk? Polka Tulk Blues Man? Anyways, it wasn't ACDC. And I think uh, Black Sabbath was the right choice to make there, guys. Next uh, original band name, Atomic Mass. Was Atomic Mass the original name of Van Halen, Def Leppard, or Poison? Def Leppard. Here's the number one hit from Atomic Mass. <laughs> yeah. Number three on the periodic table, number one in your heart. Atomic Mass, not a bad band name, though. I kind of like yeah, it. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, cool. Yeah. The next one, hey, I don't know about this original band name, Naked Toddler. <laughs> Coppertone baby style? Yikes. Yeah, why did they change that one? <laughs> Imagine. Naked Toddler was the original name of Creed, Limp Biscuit, or Tool. Limp Biscuit. I am sorry. Oh. It was not Limp Biscuit. It was. Of course. And that naked toddler was Grew Baby up. Jesus. <laughs> Grew up to be Baby Jesus. <laughs> Here's Naked Toddler. <laughs> All right. And that, you know who that Naked Toddler was? Pampers Wide Open. <laughs> yeah, I, I assume some notes came down from the record company before they put out their first album. Might want to change that one, guys. I did see some Naked Toddlers in my days. <laughs> well, hopefully uh, you were just changing them. They were yours. Goal, yeah. yeah, okay. Uh, next original band name here, Brad, is Village Idiots. Was that the original name of Our Lady Peace, The Tea Party, or Nickelback? Nickelback. Village Idiots was Nickelback. That's a fun name. Okay, this is for the win. Original band names... Cans of piss. <laughs> Been on those road trips before. <laughs> We're not pulling over. Get out the cans. <laughs> Was uh, cans of piss the original band name of U2, REM, or NXS? REM. Yes. Nice. So that's the orange crush they were singing about. <laughs> That's more like a yellow lemonade. <laughs> That's me in the corner with a can, and I'm pissing in it. <laughs> like, whoever would have... Uh, hey, guys, I got a great name for our band. <laughs> I like it. It's got a ring to it. <laughs> Stardom, here we come. Hey, that's enough for the victory. Congratulations, Brad. You could become a multimillionaire with Lotto Max tonight, okay? Perfect. This is interesting. Men seem to think they're better pumpkin carvers than women. Huh. Only one in three people will say that they're good at carving a pumpkin. 8% of people say they're very good. 24% saying they're somewhat good. Everyone else said they're bad.
I would say I am bad. Yeah, I don't do it enough to really rate myself. I did it once last year. I, I am actually going to carve pumpkins. I'm having a pumpkin carving uh, party with everybody who I did it with last year uh-huh. as a contest. But like, I hadn't done one since grade school before that, so I don't know if I'm good. I see some of these pumpkins online that have been carved, and it's like they don't cut all the way through. They just kind of go into the white, and then it illuminates, and they can make like photo real, photorealistic uh, pictures on a pumpkin. Yes, yes, but I mean... That's impressive stuff, because I can hardly get two triangles and a smile right. <laughs> the crooked tooth smile. But if you're using like a stencil or whatever they have on the internet, you know, some of these fancy ones, is that really skill? It's like paint by numbers or like fill in the blanks. It's not, you, you know, I think you have to go freehand to talk about having any sort of skill when it comes to jack-o'-lantern carving. 36% of men and 28% of women say that they are good at carving pumpkins. So more men than women think they're good at it. Here's another pumpkin story. This is a heartbreaker. We just had our, our gardening contest going on over the past couple weeks. The Taz and Jim Stonely Crop Trophy was awarded to Zach from London for his giant plants that he grew in his backyard. Um, well, a guy in Wisconsin, we kept comparing our gardening contest to like the state fair where they have a pumpkin growing contest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whoever has the biggest, best looking pumpkin wins. Well, a guy in Wisconsin grew a 2,520 pound pumpkin. Oh. Would have been the winner of the pumpkin growing contest, but there was a slight imperfection, a small crack in the pumpkin ended up costing him the prize, which was $20,000. Uh. Here he is talking about it. My name's Mike Schmidt, and I grow giant pumpkins. Pumpkins are like ice cream. Everyone loves them. Some people say we're crazy, but, you know, we're just people that like to have a little fun out in the dirt. Uh, this is a giant pumpkin. It weighs in at 2,520 pounds. This pumpkin would have won this year. So you're looking at a pumpkin that would have been worth $20,000. Crack was the size of a fingernail. It happens. There's no crying in pumpkin growing. <laughs> I know I can do it again, so we just got to look forward to the future and do it again. Huh. Took it well, better than I would have. I don't know what fingernail you- size crack in the pumpkin disqualified him from the contest. I don't understand what that what that means. Does that mean that's the width of the crack that went along the pumpkin, or was there just seriously a crack? Only it was like, like an inch big. That's it, huh? Yeah, they're serious about their pumpkins. No, no cracks in the pumpkins, <laughs> or you're out of the competition. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be carving a big middle finger into that pumpkin, parking it outside the judge's house. <laughs> Two pumpkins and then one giant zucchini in the middle. <laughs> that would have to be a pretty big zucchini. <laughs> I know, well, you never leave That's it up like to this guy. 8,000 pound zucchini you'd need to pull that <laughs> prank off. A couple weeks ago on the show, we were warning you about the risk of the rat invasion. Rats are taking over. And um, some cities are warning about putting your pumpkins out too early because rats likey the pumpkins. Pumpkin buffet. Little pumpkin all you can eat. (laughs) And uh, the rats are are worse because of COVID. People haven't been going out to restaurants and the rats have had to find new places to live and eat. And if your subdivision is full of pumpkins, could be an invitation. Mm -hmm. You're on the list. Orkin Canada, the pest control company, we're always waiting for this list to come out every year. (laughs) (laughs) They released a list of Ontario's rattiest cities. All right. 
Number one, Rattiest City in Ontario. No shocker here, Toronto. Gotta be home of the pizza rat. Or was that New York? That was New York. Oh, it's Canada's New York. Yeah, I think Toronto was the home of the poutine rat. Or was that Quebec City? That was, yeah, I think Quebec, maybe Montreal. <laughs> Given its size and population density, not a shocker that... Uh, that Toronto is, again, the rattiest city in Ontario. It sounds terrible when you say it like that, but, I mean, it is what it is. I I expect nothing less. GTA coming out strong in this survey. Mississauga, Mm -hmm. number two on the list for rats. Scarborough, number three. North York, five. Etobicoke, six. Richmond Hill, seven. Brampton, eight. Oshawa, ten. So a lot of the GTA infested with rats. Yeah, to be expected, I guess that's how the how they would uh, grow and spread. Um, Ottawa moved into the top ten. See, Ottawa was doing pretty good. They're number twelve last year, but they've moved up to the number four rattiest city. Oh, that's a big leap, huh? <laughs> Must be leaving their pumpkins out. <laughs> Must be you <laughs> putting their jack o' lanterns out too early. You would think the fr- I know it doesn't get that much more cold in Ottawa than it would in Toronto, but you'd think, like, the further north you go, the less rats would survive the winter. Well, I think the main cause of Ottawa going from number 12 to number 4 on the rattiest cities in Ontario was the Liberals being re-elected. Mm, okay. <laughs> Those Orkin people are good at counting. So many rats on Parliament Hill. I bet you you're, I bet you you're, if you're from Mississauga and you're driving to work right now, you're probably just a bunch of rats in a trench coat. <laughs> Uh, Toronto, number one, rattiest city in Ontario, according to Orkin Canada. This lady's in big trouble. Okay, a 27-year-old got arrested Friday after she streaked across uh, the field at an eighth-grade football practice. What? Happened in Missouri. She ran on the field wearing only a scarf. 29 eighth-grade boys were practicing when it happened. She lives nearby, says she didn't actually intend to streak. Uh, She was at home doing drugs. Oh. That's how a lot of these stories start. Yeah, yeah. At home doing drugs, keeping to herself, but she got paranoid. Thought she was going to die. And the only thing that could save her was to strip off all her clothing and run outside for help. She uh, ended up running Forrest Gump style across the field. Well, Forrest Gump wasn't naked. But the coach did say, sign that gal. (laughs) Look at how fast she ran that 40. (laughs) Oh, she's 27. Yeah. And she just did some heroin. Uh, They (laughs) took her to the hospital to get checked out. Then they took her to jail. She is facing a felony charge for sexual misconduct involving children. Yeah, 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 rightfully so. But imagine being that eight uh, grade 8 boy. Like talk about a grade 8 boy's dream. You're playing football in high like you and, know, and you got to see a naked lady. Depends on the lady, but like you just it, that would have been a a wild moment for a young man's life. Definitely memorable. <laughs> we owe an apology to anyone working at Tim Hortons because apparently We've all been using the drive through window wrong. Yeah, at least a lot of us anyway. There was a Reddit thread uh, the other day with uh, a bunch of Tim Hortons employees complaining about their biggest drive through pet peeves. 
And shout out to Narcity.com who compiled it and all the best dancers. But there's a some of these are seem obvious to me, but some of them are um, you know maybe need to be repeated to people. Okay, so these are tips from Tim Horton's employees. This would make their lives a little bit easier at the drive-through. Yeah, starting off with the best way to order your coffee. Best way to order your coffee to keep things moving quickly is to go is to uh, order your coffee by listing size, type, and then any modification. So first the size, then the type, then any whatever you want in it, basically. So you would say, can I get a large dark roast with two creams? Instead of saying, can I get two creams in my dark roast and make it a large? Because right. that's the order they type it in, I guess. Okay. So it's large, dark roast, I think we cream. can do that. I think yeah. we can all agree to, to, to make that change. Another one, order your food first. Don't order the coffee first, then the food. Order wow. the food first. Food takes longer so uh, to make, so if they can punch that in first, it buys them some valuable time in the drive-thru, so 30 seconds here. Get started, here, you know? yeah. yeah. Uh, if you're making a big order, like anything other than more than a couple of coffees or one or two meals, go in the store. Now, I know a lot of people refuse to follow this rule, but... If you're ordering five sandwiches, go in the store. It's not illegal, but do us all a favor. Um, another tip is have your cash ready. Have your card ready for payment when you get up to the window. Don't be looking through your purse or looking through your wallet, whatever, looking for it. Or counting out change that you're looking in, uh, grabbing out of your cup holder. Uh, employees will not be happy if you place your initial order first and then ask to change your items once you get to the the window. Yeah, do you ever obviously. do that? No, I don't. I, I, I've been in the vehicle with people who say, oh, just get, you know, oh, you forgot the flurry? Get well, the flurry. Yeah, I have done it, actually. I did it with my kids because they started screaming because I wasn't going to get them a donut. And then I caved and I'm like, can you throw a donut on there? Well, you're a great father, but a terrible... I don't even know if that makes me a great father. Here. I should just stand, <laughs> yeah, my, stand my ground. Who's right? in charge here? Who's yeah. running the show? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's obvious, but people, people seem... No, it's totally fine. I mean, again, it's not illegal, but let's keep this line moving. And another one that you see all the time, uh, let the driver place all the orders. Sometimes, you know, it can be difficult to hear the passengers from the backseat or shotgun, whatever, trying to scream their order over top of everybody. So just memorize it, give it to the driver, let them say it into the microphone. Right. I'd say driver or the person sitting behind the driver. Sure. Because they could get just as close to the speaker, right? Yeah, more or less. Okay. That's Some it. good tips there. Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcast, and we'll keep talking. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the ring.